0: Welcome to Come Follow Me, Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 10. This week we are studying Genesis uh, chapters 28 through 33 And we're going to talk about relationships today using the saga of jacob and esau as a backdrop so you'll remember that esau was the oldest child of isaac that meant he had the birthright Uh, the birthright was the responsibility to rule and also got a double portion of inheritance so a pretty significant thing Uh, and then you'll remember that esau sold his birthright to jacob uh, and that was the uh, incident with the mess of pottage and Esau came home from work hungry, and Jacob said, well, I'll give you my soup if you sell me your birthright, and Esau said, what good does a birthright do me if I'm going to die of hunger? Ends up selling it to him, clearly a moment of frustration and impulsiveness for Esau, um, but he did sell his birthright. I suppose it probably still fell to Isaac as to who would be the rightful successor in the family. And, uh, but we know that Rebecca, Isaac's wife, had received a revelation that Jacob should be the ruler, even though he was the youngest. And so she and Jacob arranged this, what appears to be maybe a shady little situation, where um, Isaac is blind. And they, um, as Isaac says, bring me Esau that I can give him the blessing, um, that blessing of the, of the firstborn and being able to rule. And instead they trick him and bring him Jacob. Um, and then when Esau finds out that his father has already given that blessing to his younger brother, Esau is very upset. Uh, and, and just parenthetically, we don't know all the reasons behind the the Jacob and Rebecca situation. There could be things missing from the Old Testament that we don't know about. Personally, I think these were very good people and that there was nothing uh, really shady going on there. Nevertheless, Uh, Jacob gets the blessing. So not only has Esau sold the birthright to him, but Jacob gets the blessing of the firstborn at the hand of his father. When Esau finds out about this, he, in chapter 27 of um, Genesis, verse 36, and he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing." And he said, hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? Asks of his father, "Don't you? can I have this blessing? Isaac says, I cannot give you the blessing. I've already given it to Jacob. And Esau is very upset. Genesis 27, 41. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So Esau has got murder on the mind, and he is uh he has had it with his brother Jacob. Uh Rebecca, mom, hears about this, hears that Esau is ultimately planning to kill Jacob. She tells Jacob to leave um and to flee to another land, but then she worries that he's gonna get hooked up with the wrong type of people as I was reading this in the scriptures, it just made me think, man, these relationship issues have been going on forever. Here's a mom worried about her son getting mixed up with the wrong type of people, yet he can't not go there because if he doesn't go there, then he's going to get killed by his other brother, dating all the way back to Cain and Abel in Adam and Eve's family. And I guess the reason I mentioned that is if you are struggling with your relationships, don't worry. This has been the plight of humanity from the beginning of time, and it's just it's just something that I think we are destined to struggle with and learn from. So Jacob Jacob flees and goes to another land, and he establishes his life away from Canaan, away from um, from Esau, and he becomes very very successful over time. He's got a great life. And I'm sure he would have been content to just live there for the rest of his days and never have to cross paths with Esau again. But then the Lord commands otherwise. In Genesis chapter 31, verse 3, it says, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. Well, to Jacob, what he probably hears is, you need to go back to Canaan, and that's where Esau is. And the last you heard from Esau, he was planning to kill you. So I'm sure this was very frightening for Jacob, but he, the Lord promised him, the Lord said, and I will be with thee. And so Jacob decides he's going to do it. And and we'll talk about this a little later, but I'm really impressed with Jacob and the way he handles this. So as Jacob prepares to return to Canaan, where he's going to find Esau, he sends some scouts earlier and the scouts come back and they say, yeah, we saw Esau and he had 400 men with him. And I'm sure that Jacob's mind is running wild at this point, And he's going, great. He, this guy is still, he's just been planning my murder for decades. And now he's got 400 men at the ready just to kill me when I show up. So, on, so but Jacob nevertheless is obedient and he starts to make the journey. He brings um, lots of stuff with him in order to appease his brother. He brings his family with him, his wives and his children. And on the night before Jacob is going to meet with Esau, He prays once again, and this is in Genesis 32, 11. Jacob says, deliver me, I pray thee from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him and lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. So clearly that's Jacob's number one worry and rightfully so but I find Jacob's course of action inspiring here because he prays to the Lord and he says, deliver me from the hand of my brother. Well, Jacob could have delivered himself from the hand of Esau. He could have just stayed in the land he was living in. He didn't have to go back. And he could, like I said, he could have lived out his days there in peace, but Jacob did not ignore the Lord's commandment. He chose to do the difficult thing and then said, heavenly father, please bless me as I'm striving to do this thing that is challenging. So when Jacob approaches, he brings all his stuff, he puts he puts his wives and children out there, and then he walks up front and meets with Esau, probably ready to anything that may have happened, and this is what happens. Um, and this is in Genesis 33, verse 4, and Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, who are those with thee? And he said the children which thy god hath graciously given thy servant so it's a glorious reunion uh they they embrace esau gets to meet his sisters-in-law and his nieces and nephew for the first nephews for the first time um and the two of them reconcile and jacob makes canaan his permanent home i think jacob deserves a lot of credit for this i think esau deserves even more credit because he was clearly the bigger person and forgiving the the past difficulties in october 2018 uh, General Conference, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland taught, With the apostolic authority granted me by the Savior of the world, I testify of the tranquility to the soul that reconciliation with God and each other will bring if we are meek and courageous enough to pursue it. Cease to contend one with another, the Savior pled. If you know of an old injury, repair it. Care for one another in love. Now, I expect there's going to be many people listening to this who are have some sort of relationship problem with someone I don't know the height or depth of these, um, but I know that they usually cause grief. And I know that holding on to grudges and refusing to give, or refusing to forgive, those behaviors usually just damage us. Um, and you know, Esau found peace by forgiving his brother Jacob. Who knows how long he had that peace? Maybe he had it decades earlier. Maybe it was just the day before. We don't know. But Esau found happiness by giving up his old anger. Even if we don't have grudges, there's always something we can do to improve our relationships. And like anything else in your personal improvement, don't wait for other people to make a move before you make a move. The first move is always yours. And here's this week's application. So I want you to think of a relationship that you would like to improve. It doesn't have to be a broken relationship. It could be a good relationship that you would like to strengthen, or it could be a broken relationship you'd like to heal. Then think of one thing that you can do to improve that relationship, not something that someone else can do to improve that relationship, something you can do to improve that relationship. Think of that one thing and then develop a plan to do that thing consistently over time. Thanks for listening and until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.ldspsychologist.com.